Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NFL show, season two, episode 25. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, no Laura tonight, but we've got a full house. We've got Alex, we've got Riley, and we've got Lara. Uh, before we get too carried away, though, let's jump into the warm-up. And the one, and the two, and the one, two, three. Why you not just dead? Bishop wore buttless chaps to the bat mitzvah. Have a great broadcast. You too, darling. All right, team, it's always fun to reminisce, so let's go down memory lane. Uh, The question I've got for you tonight is, what is your favourite sporting memory, either as a player or fan? Now, Riley, um, you know, we've sort of been following each other for a little bit of time now on social media. I've been seeing you do your thing across multiple sporting codes, so I know you've got a lot to choose from here, my friend, but uh, yeah, talk to us about your your favourite sporting memory. Um, Yeah, been playing sport for quite a bit now across three different codes um and I've been lucky enough to be successful in every grand final I've made um seven from seven now um three with the Gold Coast in Rays two uh state championships of Queensland um uh the first ever women's 11 aside gridiron which was held in 2020 we won that and then last year my first year of AFL we made it to the grand final and came away with the chip so I think I don't think any one of them beats the other because um, they all have their own like like feeling. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's always a good feeling to go out on knowing it's the last game of the season, kind of thing, and then to actually get the win. Um, it's like yeah, it's just a feeling like no one else. Yeah, well, they're Brady numbers, my friend, and you sound like a bit of a good luck charm as well. So just, you know, are you sort of, what's your availability like to potentially, you know, jump on the New England Patriots roster? Because we'd need kind of your your positive voodoo uh, this way in New England. Uh, incredible stuff, seven from seven. My, um, yeah, my favorite sporting memory. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but there was a, I was in a hospital, like visiting someone, there was a surgery or something. And I was in one of those like uncomfortable waiting rooms. And unfortunately, um, you know, I I was waiting there for hours upon hours. So I got to watch the full game, but I was uncomfortable. I was in this awkward seat. I was being very loud and obnoxious amongst people who I didn't know. And obviously, you know, there wasn't a lot of sound during the first uh, sort of little part of that Super Bowl, but obviously things t- turned around quite successfully. So, look, I- I've never seen anything like it. And I just remember back then, you know, that's when you had these storylines around, is Aaron Rodgers actually better than Tom Brady? <laughs> you know, and, you know, there-, there was, you know, just times where Tom Brady was still trying to prove himself. Uh, it's obviously pretty funny to, to reflect on now. Um, Mr. Tom, come back to uh, come back to New England. <laughs> Uh, Alex, what about yourself? Um, you know, I know a lot of people who are sporting mad, sporting obsessed, but then there's Alex Barker. So I know you've got a few memories to, to share, but uh, yeah, what have you got? Yeah, I mean, I've been thankful enough to live in a lot of countries where I've seen a lot of like, you know, rugby world cups and, and NFL games and stuff like that. But fun fact is obviously spending a lot of time in Chicago, going to Chicago. The only times I've been at Soldier Field are to watch soccer. 
And well, probably one of my best memories is watching the uh, U.S. women's national team at Soldier Field pitch side, uh, getting uh, watch them trump kind of South Africa and get to meet a couple of the players. So that's kind of been one of my bigger sporting memories. I love that. That's definitely a bucket list item to see, you know, one of the best teams in the world do their thing. And uh, yeah, love that that you've been there, but uh, not, not to support your <laughs> beloved Bears. So good. Uh, Lara, thoughts on this one? Um, again, you know, the, the, the teams that you follow, they've had, you know, different levels of success. Let's just say that. I'm, I'm thinking about the Jags, but you've got another team that you follow closely. <laughs> so, yeah, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, unfortunately, there's not too many uh, thrilling winning victories from the Jags recently. Um, but I think uh, as I don't play um, at a particularly high level, um, I will go with a memory of um, – yeah, uh, Philly beating the Patriots. Um, yes, the Philly special was absolutely epic, but also it was great to see Tom Brady not win one. <laughs> um, that was that was great. I think that really cemented my obsessive love of the NFL. Before that, it had just been like, yeah, I like this. This is great. And then after that, I really, really dove in um, across the board. So, yeah, Philly special and Tom Brady. It was it was, yeah, that, that Super Bowl, it was at that moment I realized I know nothing about football. Like when it comes to Super Bowls, anyone can win. Like it, it just did not make uh, sense. When you've got Bill Belichick, the greatest defensive coach on earth, he could teach anyone and to concede that many points to a backup quarterback who then went on and uh, it's just – anyway, we can't, be, uh, we can't be too greedy. We had a fair bit of success here in the Patriots, but uh, no, that was a – and the Philly special, and Lara, I, I do recall that you got the Philly special tattoo as well. So obviously, we'll get that out. We'll get that out on the socials. All right, team. Oh, look, that existed, but I will say one thing: um, Doug Peterson, who was the coach, is now the coach of the Jags, which I'm very excited about. And we were just talking about Christian Kirk getting paid too much cash. Except Peterson's offense really runs tight ends, and that's why it's pretty quarterback friendly. Maybe you don't need the big number one wide receiver. Maybe we'll see it again this year. Who knows? I love that. Like a little bit of symmetry between the two teams. Hey, maybe they maybe they pair up. Like maybe like the Philadelphia Jaguars might be out. Anyway, we're just poking fun <laughs> at your teams there. Let's uh, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, guys. The huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles, the long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Those will be the best memories. All right, team, let's jump into the huddle this week. And our team in focus is the Minnesota Vikings. Alex, uh, you know, it's interesting when we talk about the Vikes, and we, we chatted a little bit about it off air. They're a franchise that are a little bit hard to love. I don't know whether it's because of the Mike Zimmer situation. Again, you talk about people who are a little bit hard to love. But, you know, it, it is going to be a very interesting one tonight as we break this down because, you know, things are looking a little bit different. Um, you know, let's start off with uh, the new head coach who's rolled into town. You know, that's obviously something that people are pretty excited about. Kevin O'Connell, let's start there. Yeah, I think this is a good pickup for the Vikings. We know that they kind of needed to get rid of that head coach that they had last year. I think kind of they've been sitting in the middle of the pack for quite a few years now. I was kind of surprised at the OC that they took. I think Kevin O'Connell is a good one, um, but he was the Rams OC. And I feel like I thought they would have gone with someone who was more defensive heavy. 
to be honest, just because I feel like that's where they struggled on the ball. I mean, when you look at them last year, they ranked bottom eight in almost every defensive category, 27th against the run, 25th in pass defense, and 25th in points allowed, 27th in total yards allowed. So when you're struggling that much on defense, I was surprised for them to go with an offensive coordinator as their head coach. I thought they would have picked someone who'd been more, who was more probably heavily uh, side on the defense. So I think that was an interesting pick, but I do think it was a good pick for them. Yeah, I, I agree. It was kind of a little bit off brands, you know, when it sort of, like, don't get me wrong, it's it's very LA, it's very, you know, there's there's quite a few franchises that have, that have done that, gone for the sort of that, you know, flashy young um, OC, but yeah, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, it was very different, and obviously, you know, what you tend to see is when things go sideways with a franchise, they're going to try and do the opposite, and I think that's very much the case with the Vikings. Riley, let's talk about this quarterback, Kirk Cousins, because this guy polarizes opinion, um, although you know, I think a lot of people have a similar view. But let's talk about the business side before we get into the X's and O's because, you know, there are a few quarterbacks at the moment, you know, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, there's a few players who are sort of battling out their contracts. But there's a little bit of science in terms of, like, getting through that rookie contract and just going short quarterback contracts for the rest of your career because when you talk, when you talk about Kirk Cousins and the money that he has made in his career – um, anyway, talk to us a little bit about Kirk, the businessman, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about his play on the field. Yeah, he's been, like, I almost want to say smart about it. He's been good enough to keep the starting spot, but not good enough that he needs to sort of demand his money. He kind of, he's been dictating it himself a little bit. I think his new contract is just over like $30 million a season for the next two years. So it's, it's high, but it still it still gives the team like wiggle room to to buy more players. Um, Vikings got super lucky with getting Justin Jefferson in the draft a couple of years ago. Um, he him and Thielen as a duo were just absolutely killing it. So Cousins had himself a little dynamic duo to throw to with Dalvin Cook on the ground. So. But he, um, yeah, ever since coming from Washington, like he's just kind of, he's sat in that middle of the ground. He's never really excelled, but somehow he's exciting to watch it. Even as a Bears fan, like I'm kind of mad that he manages to do what he does because we have sucked so much, especially at the quarterback position. So it's like, why can't we find our own sort of Kirk Cousins? We can do this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe he needs to get like a little Tom Brady marketing team behind me because there's something there, you know. We could really do something with the Kirk Cousins brand, something about excellence and mediocre, mediocrity, you know, like just sort of being that average guy that is a multi, 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 multi-millionaire and, uh, yeah, very, very smart in terms of the way in which he's gone about his business. Lara, before we talk about sort of the young, flashy players that have, you know, come through the draft because they um, they had a ton of picks this year and they certainly utilised them, um, talk to us a little bit about some free agents because there was one player that caught our eye that could, you know, could make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I think having um, Darius Smith come over from the Packers is going to make a real difference. Um, Daniel Hunter is a really, really good defensive lineman. And I think having both on on either side there is going to um, pair really nicely and make them quite a dynamic, have a pretty dynamic um, defensive front. Um, yeah, I, I do want to have speak to that um, whole quarterback situation though, because Kirk Cousins, 
I'm not sure if it's him being super smart or if nobody's ever really wanted to give him a really big long-term contract and it's just ended up working in his favor so well because he does get paid full amounts each year almost. So he's one of the highest paid quarterbacks kind of of all time. And I think we might see Lamar Jackson try and follow in his footsteps around contracting negotiation, which I think is is quite interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that's where I'm most excited to sort of see what the Vikings can do. Um, and yeah, their new head coach, I am desperately hoping that they start to have a bit more of a dynamic offense because it it is boring sometimes to watch the Vikings, the run play and Kirk Cousins. It, it just, I mean... You know, it, Cook is amazing, but yeah, it, it's sometimes hard to watch. Yeah, no. There, <laughs> Sorry, any Vikings fans out there. <laughs> yeah, no. There, there was, you know, for, for me, you know, just quickly on that contract um, comment around Kirk Cousins. I, I agree. I reckon if you if you bet on health, and I know that's risky. I get it, right? But I'm just saying, if Lamar Jackson didn't sign long-term contracts. He could earn an absolute mozza. It'd be very, very interesting. And the other part of it is, um, yeah, you mentioned about their, their offense, you know, being a little bit challenging. You, you see that in, in Justin Jefferson. I think, what is it? Every two, maybe two or three times per year, he spits the dummy at Kirk Cousins, and there's a camera there to catch that moment every single <laughs> year since he's come in the league. I love that. Um, Alex, uh, you know, giving a little bit of love to the offense there, but let's talk about this defense because it was God-awful. Um, one of the worst in the league we've seen now. One, two, three, four, five, six. Their first six draft picks uh, tackle the defense, which probably backs me up there. Talk to us a little bit about it. I mean, we are in a league now where you can turn around one side of the ball within one offseason, but this is a lot of pressure on a on a rookie head coach. This is a lot of pressure on a rookie head coach, and I think it's also a lot of pressure on a, what's what looks like to be a very young defense going into next year, you know, with the draft picks they do have. I mean, Lewis Lyon was a great pick for them at safety. Um, I definitely think they needed to bolster that. They've definitely bolstered their linebacker and cornerback roles. Not only did they do that in the draft, they also did that with offseason signings as well with some veteran players there. So clearly their focus is defensive heavy to improve that. They did pull out a running back in Ty Chandler and a wide receiver in Jalen Naylor. So props to them for that one. But they definitely went defensive heavy. I think my big concern when you've got a rookie coach who is used to be an OC and now you've got a very young (laughs) defensive side of the ball, I think there's going to be some growing pains there. I don't think they're going to come out guns blazing. I think they're going to take a minute to kind of work their way into a game, especially with the tougher teams and the tougher side of the schedule. So it'd be interesting to see. I I would give this team a year, maybe in two years time defensively. I think they can be very good, but I think they're going to have to use this year to get these young kids, some NFL experience some game experience. So I still see them sitting in the bottom of, uh, of the division. <laughs> Riley. Yeah. It's I, I we're going to get to our predictions soon because uh, I, I kind of feel the same way. Riley, What's your thoughts on this? Because, you know, when you think about some of the teams across the, 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 the league, they've, they obviously build their teams in different ways. It is a huge risk having such a young, um, you, know, a, you know, one side of the football being so young and that being the defense. You know, typically you do see teams, you know, bring in some veterans to kind of boost that a little bit. Um, Lara did speak about, obviously, um, you know, Zadarius Smith coming over who will help. But, um, you know, a lot of these kids, you know, I don't, I don't know. Do they have their driver's license? Like, I wonder what that situation is, how we get the training. Um, no, we poke fun. Um, Riley, my question to you, though, is this is a team that lacks a little bit of depth. Um, if you look at the offensive side of the ball, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, anything happens there, we're looking a little bit light. 
We've spoken about the quarterback position. And then, um, yeah, obviously we've spoken about the, the defense as well. Are you sort of feeling the same way? You know, what's your, what's your thoughts on the Vikings this year? Um, I don't really have thoughts on the Vikings each year because I hate them for <laughs> personal reasons. Um, but I, you can never really trust like the Vikings. They're, they'll beat the team they're not supposed to and they'll lose to the team that was supposed to be the surefire thing. Their luck is that they have the Lions and the Bears in their division. Um, the Bears are just as young in terms of the team that we have um, and the Lions have kind of gotten better maybe, um, but they played them twice. So I reckon that's easy two or three wins just there. Um so, and against uh, having a young defense who might not know what they're doing yet and not having a really strong coach to lead them, they've got a few easy matchups that allow them to actually, like, get a role, find out what's going on. There's always preseason as well, which lets them get little niggles out. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm just going to jump in super quickly um, with the whole defensive side. They do have Ed Donatell as a their defensive coordinator who's been around for a really long time and has a couple of Super Bowl rings to his name. So I absolutely agree with what you're both saying around it's a very new young offensive head coach with a very, very young defensive core, but um, they have tried to establish a little bit of, I guess, um, uh, you know, not um, like kind of, yeah, um, seniority with having a pretty well, well-trodden. Um, That's pretty and Coach come in as well. Yeah, that, that, that's a pretty smart move. You know, I, I think Sean McVay did a little bit of that as well. You know, he came in as a literal child. Like, you know, we joke about not being out of drive. He could not, like he was getting dropped off to, uh, to NFL. And, um, yeah, you know, obviously he stacked his, um, you know, coaching staff with experienced um, coaches, which obviously made a difference. But, uh, yeah, look, it is different. It, it, it is difficult. You know, the other big thing that we're not talking about, Alex, uh, running back, Pretty special, you know, very, very special player there in Dalvin Cook. But, you know, one of the things that just makes me so nervous is I just feel like there's an expiring there's, there's an expiring clock on these running backs. You know, you're not going to have them at their prime for very long. How many more years have we got prime Dalvin Cook? And, you know, obviously this is a younger team that's probably looking to build up to a Super Bowl over the next few years, potentially. Um, but, you know, what does that mean for Dalvin Cook? So talk to us a little bit about the running back because, you know, you think about strategy, you're going to want to get the ball to Jefferson, but, you know, running the air out of the ball, I think is going to be a big part of what they do this year as well. Yeah, I would just be concerned. I think if they can utilize that, was it Ty Chandler they just drafted in the running back and have and kind of have a trade-off like Dallas kind of did last year where they had the experience and kind of like the younger running back. I think that'll ease um, some of the, the pressure off Dalvin Cook because I think if they just run him, right, if, doesn't, if, if their passing isn't working, they obviously have to go to the running the ball. Dalvin Cook, they're going to put too much pressure on him and, likely see, and I don't want to see him get injured because I think that'll really ruin the offense for Minnesota. But I think if they can utilize Ty Chandler and Dalvin Cook in that dual running back role like we've seen other teams do, I think they should be okay in that in that role. Yeah, that'll be good because, you know, he has um, dealt with injuries in the past and it's kind of derailed their, you know, sort of mini, uh, mini seasons and um, some, you know, some positive moments that the Vikings have had over the last few years. All right, team, no sitting on the fence. When it comes to our predictions, we've got to be bold. Uh, Minnesota finished 
finished with a record of eight and nine. Um, yeah, the question that we wrap up on the the huddle is, you know, will they better that? So um, over under eight wins um, coming up to the season, and we do give ourselves the right to change our predictions as we get a little bit closer to the season. Lara, going to start with you. Vikings over under eight wins. This is tricky because there's two Bears supporters in the house, uh, and uh, and I think maybe it was was either Alex or Riley that said um, Vikings are still the worst in this division. Is that is that that makes me really have to think? Um, I kind That's of want it. Yeah, um, I'm really excited about the Lions this year, and if it if if you're on the money that these guys are bottom of their division, I'm going to be a little bit wild, and I'm going to come in with seven wins. Okay, I love that. Look, for me, I, I just want to stir things up a little bit. I'd love Kirk Cousins to have like a another one-off special season and get that big contract just because I just find the whole thing hilarious. I mean, you know, he is going to be playing quarterback in this league, Tom Brady-type numbers, I think, in terms of age because, um, you know, to, to Riley's earlier point, no one can beat him out. Teams find themselves in awkward positions where they can't sort of draft that next next player. You know, they, they did take a, a chance on Kellen Mond, um, you know, in the later rounds. I think it was last year, and that didn't sort of work out. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to say nine. There we go. I'm going to give a little bit of positivity uh, to the Minnesota team. I'm going to say nine. All right, here we go. The Bears crew. All right. So I, I think I know where this is headed. But, Riley, I'm going to give you first crack at this. Um, your arch nemesis. Um, yeah, thoughts on the Vikes? Um, I think they've got a pretty good schedule. They've got both the AFC and the NFC East, I think. Um, the NFC least, the worst division think it was ever um, collectively. So that could be an easy three wins depending on which team of each team actually turns up on the day. Um, Plus they've got the AFC East, which are kind of got a lot of teams rebuilding, restarting, kind of still trying to find their groove. And then the, the Bears and the Lions and the Packers. So I actually think they're probably going to get something around nine or ten, unfortunately. There we go. Um, I, th- I thought you were going to stop it. Stop us at three wins. I thought you were going to go for the brutal mm-hmm. takedown. So I think Vikings fans will take a nine or ten win season from you, um, Alex. What about what about yourself? I mean, you know, we poke fun at them, but this is going to be a very volatile, unpredictable team. Um, who you know they, they're going to they're going to um, obviously come up with a few upsets throughout the season. But yeah, it's hard to get a little bit of a read on their record. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's hard, right? When you look back at their kind of season last year, they had a lot of games where they lost or won by two or three points. So they're that middle-of-the-pack team that you just have no idea. As Riley said, you have, like, it depends who shows up on the day, right? They lose games they're not supposed to lose, and they win games that they're not supposed to win. I mean, they beat the Packers 34-31 last year, which is great as a Bears fan, but, you know, it is what it is. Look, I think I'm going to go eight wins. I think that's – I don't think they're going to anything over. I don't think they're going to – lower i think again it's going to come down to who shows up on um, when they play but i i do i do see the bears beating them this year yeah there we go all right well there's there's our early predictions for the vikings and uh yeah we'll definitely be keeping an eye on uh yeah how they progress into the season that's for sure all right team let's jump into our next segment for tonight the match the most anticipated match in history ladies and gentlemen uh, let's get 
All right, a pretty special match tonight as we dive into the off-season trades and some of the players that have moved around and been acquired by different teams. And, you know, that's where all fans are at at the moment is trying to work out who is on your roster. There's a lot of uh, fresh faces, which makes it uh, pretty exciting. Uh, tonight in the matchup, we're going to see Amari Cooper, formerly of the Dallas Cowboys, now a Cleveland Brown, coming up against former Pittsburgh Steeler Juju Smith-Schuster, now finds himself uh, in the red in Kansas City Chiefs colours. Um, yeah, Alex, going to start with you. Let, let's let's start with Amari Cooper because, you know, I'm not giving you a lot of time here to, to break him down. I, I think he could be his own episode in terms of the complexities of Amari, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give you first crack at this. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, your perspective on his career so far and what your expectations for him are heading into the Browns system. Yeah, I thought this was an interesting trade from the Cowboys. I thought the Cowboys would do a lot more to keep him around. Um, I don't think he had a very productive 21 season for the Cowboys. He definitely had a more productive year in 2019 and 2020. Um, so I think there was probably there just that decision there where they were probably like, look, you didn't have a great season with us. I don't know if the Browns is the right system for him to be perfectly honest. Um, I was actually surprised that that's where the Cowboys had to trade him. Um, I don't know if that's the right system for him, but you know, he had 865 yards, average 12.7, you know, and eight touchdowns. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. I just don't, I don't know. I, I can't stand the Browns, which we all know. I don't like the Browns. I've never liked the Browns. I'm never going to like the Browns, but I do like Amari Cooper. I just feel bad that he's now in the Brown system. I do think the Cowboys was good for him, but I do think that last year at the Cowboys didn't do him any favors. I just want to jump in with a quick question. Do you think they had in mind the likelihood of bringing in Deshaun Watson at that point when they did that? Just thinking about this. No, I, I, I was thinking the same thing. I think that's a great question. You know, it's like, was this their master plan? Because Amari Cooper with his talent, Deshaun Watson and your cooking. But no, I, I think they sort of lucked into that situation, which has made this trade a little bit stronger because you pair him with Baker Mayfield and, you know, now I'm starting to move over to the Alex Barker side, which is sympathy for Amari Cooper. Um, look, my thoughts on him is, you know, his motor does run a little bit cold, though. I, I think, you know, that that's that's the situation with some of these wide receivers is, you know, you need that production week in, week out. And in particular, on the road for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Amari went missing. So, you know, they obviously had CD Lane coming through. So it kind of makes sense. But, um, you know... <sighs> It's really hard to buy into the Browns because we've just gone through so many decades of what we've just gone through. So, um, yeah, it is it, it is pretty difficult. Um, but, Riley, the listeners do like a winner and a loser. What's your thoughts here? Who, who made the right call? Like, did Dallas Cowboys do the right thing getting rid of Amari Cooper? You know, you know, do you like Cleveland Browns sort of picking him up? You know, who do you think sort of, sort of won this trade? Um, I think Dallas kind of did um... – Amari had a few, not off the field problems, but they there was that sort of speculation that he, he wasn't enjoying being in Dallas, that he wasn't having a good time, um, and that's why he had the decline in his production. Um, and I think Dallas already having CD there um, and having Zeke, and having like already a strong like having a great like receiving core, um, they're not really losing a lot to be honest. Amari was hurt as well; he didn't show up, and they won games. Like 
he wasn't the the win or lose guy um, at last year. He was maybe two seasons ago, but I don't I don't really see them having a really big loss. I didn't rate him that highly in my opinion, so that's a bit biased. I'm going to jump in with another question for um, everybody. Actually, do you think that he wasn't utilized very well in the last? year because there was so many other people to throw to and I, I obviously you said you're not a big fan of Cooper but I'm just I'm just wondering if he he wasn't he was perhaps underutilized in that system I don't know if he was underutilized I just think Prescott had a little bit more to utilize in his repertoire for that receiving core at Dallas that when Amari Cooper dropped the ball like Dak Prescott, I think, kind of gave him one or two chances and then went, all right, well, I'm, a, I'm just not going to throw you the ball. And I think that that was the issue there is that when he was in the games and he was getting, you know, cat, like catches he should have caught and he was dropping them, you know, I think Dak just turned around and said, okay, I've got other receivers that I know I can use. Um, and I think that's probably where the issues with Warren Cooper probably also started to happen is he's like, well, he's not throwing me the ball. It's like, yeah, but you're not doing your job. You're paid to catch the ball, and it's, I think Dak just kind of utilized other players that he knew he could count on. Yeah, that's right. No, it's uh, it's a pretty important skill that one. Definitely got to definitely got to uh, take your take your catches, and um, yeah, it, it would be interesting to dive into his targets though over the last little while because it was a little bit all over the place. There were definitely periods where yeah, Dak was definitely off him for sure. All right, team, let's flip it over to his competitor tonight, another fascinating wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster. Now, that's not because of the social media buzz uh, and his TikToking ability. It's because I genuinely think this could be anything. Lara, are you with me? Like, he was a kid who brought so much talent to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and now I don't know what to think because he fell off a cliff in terms of his production, but he was with Big Ben who, you know, couldn't hit the sign of a – you know, barn door, you know, obviously we had the big band. I'm trying to be respectful. He's a potential Hall of Famer. Anyway, let's just say he had some challenges with his quarterback and now finds himself uh, under Patrick Mahomes. So, look, what does this all mean? Because um, I'm a little bit excited, especially with fantasy football season just around the corner. Yeah, I'm excited too. And I think that um, Juju is getting a second crack at what would have been a really great uh, decision for him last year, which he uh, didn't make. He elected to stay with the Steelers. And I get it you know you're loyal to um a quarterback who you've been with for a while but um I think you're right it was the quarterback situation rather than him around numbers um I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a really good fit um in Kansas City and I think that Patrick Mahomes um is just has the skill to do with him some really awesome things and I think we're going to see a pretty exciting year come out um from him that's my uh, thoughts anyway I always thought he's a bit too like flashy and out there for the Steelers like he just didn't like his personality and his persona just didn't really fit with Pittsburgh like it's just <laughs> he just didn't work and I feel like when you look at Mahomes you look at the Chiefs and they have that kind of like you know between the wide receivers I think with no Tyreek Tyreek Hill now Chiefs that, that'll be good for Juju I think his main thing is that he has to stay healthy Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that with Patrick Mahomes and the way that Patrick Mahomes plays, like you just never know what's going to happen. And I think that type of scenario works for Juju because he's like, oh, look, I can go make a big play that wasn't part of the actual playbook and still be kind of cool and, and, and showboat a little bit. So that, I think that, I think the Chiefs is good for, it's going to be a good fit for him. I love that you said that because that fully sums up my feelings and I didn't know I 
that's the language that I needed for it. You're absolutely right. And I actually kind of don't care that Tyreek Hill is gone from the Chiefs. I think that having Juju's come over is going to be really exciting. And I think we're going to get some really cool plays. Yeah, it's going to be wide receiver by committee. And, you know, other, other teams have shown that it can work. So it be very interesting to see um, how that one goes. Look, you know, this is going to be really interesting, these two players. Um, and, you know, it's going to be make or break for their careers. You know, this the first sort of four or five weeks of the, the competition, you know, you it's definitely make or break for both Amari and Juju. All right, team, no sitting on the fence when it comes to the match. Nice, quick uh, predictions here. You've got to pick your player. Uh, Let's go around the grounds. Alex? Uh, I'm going to go Juju because I think he's in a better system, and I think no matter who's at quarterback, I don't think Amari Cooper's going to get the opportunities that he feels like he deserves, especially the Browns and if Baker's throwing the ball. So I'm going to go with Juju Smith. Yeah, look, I'm going to go with uh, Juju as well. I think Amari Cooper is going to be uh, getting thrown a lot of footballs from Jacoby Brissett, uh, and quite rightly so. So I, uh, you know, a bit of a low motor there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that's that's all going to play out. But um, yeah, really, you know, as you can tell, really excited about the potential there for Juju. Um, Riley, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going to go Juju. He kind of, when AB left the Steelers, like they were like, this is his time to shine. He proved he couldn't really be a wide receiver number one. On the Chiefs, they've got Kelsey. He's going to be that threat for any team. So he probably won't see as much double coverage as he usually does. Um, So I think he'll actually thrive on that. Having that other big personality back on the field to take the eyes off some defenders too. So, yeah, I'm going to say Juju. All right, Lara, you got last call on this one. Do we have a clean sweep or a little bit of love for Amari? What's your thoughts? Uh, I think we're pretty clean sweep. I think that Juju's going to do better, but I think that Cooper's going to get a lot of targets, whether or not that's all that successful. And um, but I think, yeah, I think he's going to be used to catches them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. No, target's going to be high. Let's see if he comes down with them. That's for sure. Now, going to be very, very interesting to watch how these two players fit into their new teams. All right, team, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, it will be rapid fire tonight as we go around the grounds. Uh, this one, we continue with our league MVP series, breaking down different position groups. And this week, I've, the question I've got for you is, uh, who is your number one corner in the game right now? So let's whip around the grounds and find out, yeah, who is the who is the best corner on your books? Uh, Riley, going to start with you. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tredavious White. Um, he's... A bit different to, oh, not a bit different. He just, he's a different style to a few others. He's a heavy hitter, um, still does good in defense in terms of pass to flex, interceptions, but he's also really good at forced fumbles um, and blitzing. Nothing makes me happier than watching somebody come off the corner and sacking a quarterback. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's my favorite. Um, and, LSU boy, so it's good to see him thrive. Yeah, definitely a special player, that's for sure. Look, for me, uh, and it's painful to say, I'm... I've got to be honest, it's JC Jackson. Um, I'm a little bit emotional even talking about it. I just don't understand 
what we're doing. Like how the New England Patriots could let JC Jackson go. Don't give me salary cap. We've got a rookie quarterback that's, you know, we, we're paying him a pie and chips every week to play a quarterback. So we had plenty of money there to let him go. One of the best in the game. Does not make sense. But, you know, at least we've got a 40-year-old Malcolm Butler returning to the franchise. That should solve all our problems. But, uh, Alex, um, again, you know, you know the, the, the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the running backs, you know, a lot of these flashy players we talk a lot about. But, you know, the secondary, it's a big part of um, the game that we love, and there are some incredible cornerbacks out there. But who, who's your number one? Uh, for me, it's Trayvon Diggs. And just a quick one, I have a friend who listens to our podcast every week and gives me a hard time about the people I've picked the last two weeks because I've all been Bears fans. So Vincent, not a Bears fan this week, so he should be pleased with that one. But Trayvon Diggs, for me, for the Cowboys, I think just in his second season, he's able to really turn it around from that position. He had 11 interceptions, two touchdowns, 142 yards. So I think in that role, I think he's someone to watch because I am I think he's going to have an even better third year than he did second year. Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch him play. And um, yeah, he's uh, you know he's been a been a big time player for Dallas, that's for sure. Lara, you get um, you get the final choice on this one. Um, you know where, you know I, I think I know where you're headed with this one, but uh, I'll, I'll let you I'll let you talk us through your pick. Uh, thanks. I'm going to veer a little uh, left. Actually, I think you've all mentioned amazing cornerbacks. I, I don't want to say Jalen Ramsey, even though he's very, very good at what he does because he is just a pain in the ass. Um, but I'm going to say Darius Slay. Um, just super, super consistent. He grabs balls, he locks it down, and he's an eagle. So all the good things. Yeah, I love that. That's a really good selection. And uh, feel your pain, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, leaving the Jags, a little bit of an ugly situation there. But uh, there you go. There's our picks. And to our listeners, we really want to hear um, your thoughts on this one. So, yeah, Alex is right. If you've got different picks, um, shoot them through on the socials. We'd love to hear from you. Who is your number one corner in the game right now? All right, team, that's all the time we have tonight. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.